It is the best. It's just the best. I feel like dad just gets more and more excited each Sunday to come hang out with us. Is anybody else feeling that? I was thinking about this morning about, uh, you guys probably remember this testimony, but Rahina Vargara was sharing that it was during worship at one point, and she had been personally cultivating, wanting to encounter the presence of God more in her life, and so she'd really been turning her affection towards that and seeking Him out. Lord, I want to just meet with you more face-to-face, whatever's possible. I just want to be, I want to be near you. I want to be seeking you. And it was during worship, then she felt like the Lord, uh, well, actually, there was an invitation to come forward. And so she came forward. And it was just during worship, though. No one was doing anything. And she had had a hand that was having trouble. And she, she wasn't able, in fact, even to grip anything. She was steering with a, with a fist instead of grabbing the wheel. She just put her hand on it, and when she's cooking, she's holding a pot with like one, one fist and one hand. And anyway, all that to say, during worship, as we were all praising the Lord and enjoying his presence, she went up front, and she felt like someone took her hand and started massaging it. And so she kind of, in her mind's eye, she looked up, she saw an angel there massaging her hand, and I loved it too. She goes, it was wonderful. You get a free massage from an angel. Anyway, it was fantastic. Well, bottom line is, God healed her hand. During worship, nobody touched her. It was in the presence of the Lord. While we were worshiping, then she was healed. You guys, that's part of the inheritance of being with the saints. That's part of the inheritance of being part of the kingdom, in his presence. It's all about being in his presence. It's that we come together and we're in his presence. It says, where any two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. It's all about being with him. And then he brings us in together. We just took communion. Why? Because we're a family. When we come together, there's another beautiful promise in Psalms that says that he he inhabits the praises of his people. There's something that happens when we come together and we begin to declare the character, the goodness, the history, the present, and the future of who God is and what he's done and what he's gonna do. As we declare those things, he actually comes and begins to manifest in us and with us in a way that he doesn't in other situations. He actually gives us the understanding, the awareness of his presence. Isn't that amazing? You see, if we didn't have him showing up, if the presence of God didn't show up when we gathered, all that we would be is just another religion, just another sect. We would just be another group of people that believe a certain thing and have a certain set of rules and a certain things that are important to us and that we would live that way. The only thing that makes this worthwhile is the presence of God himself. Otherwise, it would just be another religion. And some of us, uh, good news for those of us that are maybe stuck just in another religion right now, like, you know, it happens to be Christianity, but unless you're encountering God on a regular basis, unless you're aware of his presence, it's just a religion, isn't it? You're just like, oh my goodness, you don't have to raise your hand, but you're going, that's actually, I've been feeling that way lately. And I think that we all do from time to time. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's the good news. This is not just another religion. This is not just a moral code. This is not just ethics. This is not just a way to get fire insurance. The inheritance that we have as saints is to be with God and to be in his presence. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the presence of God and how vital that is, how life-giving that is, how it's central and center of everything that we do. In Psalm 16, 11, we see here, you show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. 
Now, the psalmist is saying that in your presence is fullness of joy, which means that the converse is also true. Out of your presence is not fullness of joy. In other words, without his presence, there is no fullness of joy. And I think all of us have probably experienced that. Many of us, before we encountered God, we, we, uh, we practiced not having the fullness of joy. You guys are probably familiar with C.S. Lewis, fantastic writer. He wrote Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe and The Great Divorce, several, several amazing books. And I believe he was the one that first coined the phrase, God-shaped hole. And he, he used it as an example that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. And until we encounter Jesus, until we encounter the Father and the Holy Spirit, until we encounter God, we try to force all these other things in that hole. We have this void in us, and we're trying to fill it with something. And then, but nothing fits quite right, because it's a God-shaped hole. And you guys are familiar with that, right? But I would like to suggest to you that there's something interesting that happens with us as believers is that we do meet God, we are saved by God, but then as time goes by, sometimes we can find ourselves falling out of the practice of being aware of his presence. And you know what? Nature abhors a vacuum. In other words, if something gets empty, something else comes in to fill its place. And I think a lot of us, even as believers, have these God-shaped holes still there, not because he's not available, not because he's not there in the sense of, I mean, he is present with us, but to, this, to the extent that we're not aware of his presence, we don't have fullness of joy. And so we start trying to fill that void. We start trying to fill that vacuum that's left because we're not aware of his presence. We're not aware of him being with us. And so it creates a vacuum and suddenly I have this need. I have these, I have these needs that honestly only he can satisfy, but they're not being met because I'm not aware of his presence, because I'm not taking that time to stay connected to him and enjoy not only the fullness of joy, but the pleasures that come from his right hand, pleasures forevermore. And what do I do? I go look for other things to fill that void. Is anybody here identifying at all, or am I the only one? Oh, wretched man that I am, confessing my sins to the whole congregation, and I'm the only one. <laughs> I think we all identify with this. You know, it's an interesting thing because it's very hard to tempt us. It's very hard to, to drag us in the dirt and pull us away and entice us away from God when we are actually filled with the fullness of joy that comes from being in his presence. You know, a lot of us may be struggling with some temptations or struggling with some different things in our life, and it's been very, very frustrating, and you're, you're doing it, you know, you're doing the work, man. You're doing the 12 steps. You're being accountable. You're, you're getting in the Word. You're doing all this different stuff, but you're still finding yourself easily tipped over in certain parts of your life, and I've got great news for you. If you'll get in the presence of God and become more aware of His presence, and I'm going to talk to you about what that looks like, you're going to find that those things lose their hook. Those things begin to lose their power over you. Why? Because you're being satisfied in the presence of God. You're being filled with the fullness of joy. And there isn't any emptiness. There isn't a vacuum that's drawing in these things that have been sucking away your joy. Come on, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Fullness and forevermore are only available in his presence. The scripture says here, and this is, a, this is a beautiful picture, Moses, God is telling Moses, hey, Moses, these people, they are, uh, they're not too awesome. I think you and I ought to start over. This is in the wilderness, and they're pretty stubborn. These guys, you know, they got, they got them out of Egypt, but they were having a hard time getting Egypt out of them. And, and God says, you know what, forget it. 
let's, let's start over. And Moses says, no, let's not start over. Lord, stick with us. And the Lord says, okay, all right, well, I'll stick with you, which I think, I think God was just letting Moses share in how God's heart is. Like, I don't see God. He just, there's just not a lot of quit in God, is there? And so then, so then God says, all right, fine, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to send you into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And Moses speaks to him and he says, God, you got to come with me. And this is that conversation. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Isn't that strong? God, if you're not with us, how will anyone know that you're pleased with us? If you're not with us, if you're not present with us, how will there be any difference between us and anyone else on the earth? The only difference, beloved, with us, we're, we're no different than the Israelites and Moses, okay? The only difference, the only thing we really have to offer this world is the presence of God, the one who's actually with us. And I want to be clear here, okay? The presence is not some, like, mystical goosebump juice, okay? It's not some, like, invisible, and you're like, oh, there it is. Oh, no, there it went. Oh, it's back again. Hold on, everybody be cool. He's super sensitive. He is the Lord God Almighty. Like, he winks and trees. It says that with his breath, he blows over an entire forest, right? He spoke, and we came into existence, the vibration from his vocal cords created all of energy, and that energy continues to vibrate at a frequency that is us. He's not fragile. And that God wants to be present with us. So, uh, you know, there's, words do funny things to us, right? It's like, oh, do you sense the presence? And that's totally okay. You can say that. That's good. Say that. Oh, man, do you sense the presence of God right now? Whoa, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That's fantastic, wonderful. But don't forget that the presence, okay, let me, let me put it to you this way. Do you guys sense the presence of red crab? Say yes, he's right there. You totally do. But here's the thing about it, right? The reason why you sense the presence of red crab is because red crab is actually present. And you are present with him. So you wouldn't say like, you know, like I'm right here like, man, don't you just, don't you just dig Red Crab's presence, I mean, if only there was a way to communicate with him or something. I just love his presence, you know? He's just so, oh, Red, you're so presency, right? But, the, but I'm sort of lacking something there because I have the opportunity to have intimacy with this man. Brother, I love it when you lead us in prayer, man. You are a man of faith. I can talk right to him face to face. Why? Because I am present with him and he is present with me, which is why I'm enjoying his presence. Are you guys seeing this? But with God, we have this weird breakdown that happens where we start seeking his stuff in these funny ways. I wish that his presence was here right now. And that might mean a lot of things, and I'm sure all of them are good, but it must not stop short of the fact of, God, I want to be aware that you're present with me right now. And by the way, I want my enemies to know that you're present with me right now. Come on, how many of you want the devil to know that God is present with you right now? Right? You don't want him showing up and being like, you're my son. You're like, no, I'm not. Dad, the devil's calling me his son again. You need to come claim some property rights here, Dad. I belong to you. Amen? So here's the point. What we want to do is we want to make sure that we're being present 
with God because he is present with us. And it's totally okay to say presence. Just understand that it means you're present. And I'll tell you, there's a clue for us right there, by the way. In order, how many of you, okay, let me say it like this. How many of you have ever been talking with somebody, anybody, mom, sister, brother, friend, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, and they go, hey, and you're like, huh? They're like, where are you right now? Well, you're right next to them, you're across the table from them or whatever, and they're like, you are like a million miles away, right? Right? We've all experienced this, and you were. You're like a million miles away. It's a million. You, you know you're a million miles away because you go, huh? Right? It's like, the, it's like the universal sound in every tongue tribe and nation of I wasn't listening. Whoa, you're a million miles away right now. No, I'm not. I'm right here. Well, your body may be here, but nothing else is. Well, we do this with God. God doesn't do this with us, but we do it with him. And he is available to us. Our inheritance is that he is with us. Do you, do you get that? We are the people of the presence of God. Come on, that's a good word. We are the people that actually come and carry. Now for everybody else, it is a little bit ethereal. Like when the people of God show up and you walk in the room and it shifts the atmosphere because God just walked in the room with you and people take notice like, it just got peaceful in here. You ever walk up with somebody and they just cannot stand you and you find out after a little while that you're a jerk? Wait, no, that's not it. No, they can't stand you, and you find out after a little while that actually God is in pursuit of that person, and you offend them because they are not ready to submit to the Lord yet, and you just keep bothering them because God's there going, I love you. And they're like, I hate you, and he's like, I love you. And they're going, you annoy me, and he's going, I love you. And eventually, you end up having an encounter with that person. They go, man, the minute I saw you, I always love those, com- those conversations, don't you? I used to hate you. <laughs> Thank you. It's great. Yeah, you drove me crazy. Really? Yes, I just, something about you, and I just, but I, but I watched you. I watched you to see what was going on, because I'm like, this person cannot be for real. And then later, what happens? They get saved, and they go, and then I found it was Christ in you. That's what was bothering me. Come on, are you with me? Why? Because you're actually carrying the person of God in you. You're carrying the presence of God with you. Now, to the extent that you're not experiencing fullness of joy is to the extent that you don't realize that you're carrying the presence of God and is to the extent that you yourself are not being present with him, though he's present with you. Amen? You guys seeing that? So let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, maybe you're like, Joshua Rivas, that is a fat lie. There is no way, like, number one, first of all, I'm super spiritual, because that's how you are like this. All right? I'm super spiritual. And I would know if the presence of God was near me, okay? I would know. I know when God's moving. I'm very spiritual. Okay, well, let me just point the Bible at you for a minute. Then a Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. So it's biblical. The Lord could be in the place where you are, and you could be completely unaware of him. That's Bible. That's Bible. And and you know what? It's funny, actually. I do have to say this. I... um, it, it, it really is probably like twice a month that this happens here at Christ Center. And I just as a quick aside, but it's funny enough that I got to share it, or maybe it's therapy. Anyway, here's what it is. Let me just sit down on the couch. Anyway, in, on the same Sunday, I will have one person come up to me, and they're just like, oh my gosh, Joshua, I just, Pastor, can I take a couple minutes of your time? I just need you to know that whatever this leadership, his team is doing, whatever 
however this worship team prepares, whatever it is, when I set foot in this place, it is like the presence of God from the minute I get here until the minute I leave. Like, I have people encouraging me. I can sense the presence of God during worship. Like, I don't even know who picks your songs, but they're always just dead on, and the Lord just meets me. And then the word is all right, but everything else is so present. Okay? That's the, okay, I was being uh, self-deprecative. I can't even speak. Thank you, Jesus. In the same Sunday, that person who's like, wow, God is moving. I will have another person come up and be like, listen, I have to tell you, like, I'm seriously praying about whether the Lord really wants me to be here anymore because I don't know what's going on, but I'm just like, I just don't feel his presence here. Like, I used to. It used to be amazing. (laughs) But something has shifted, and I don't know, Joshua, if you're the spirit quencher or who the quencher is, but things are not working here, and I'm just really praying about if, like, my season here has ended. On the same Sunday, on the same Sunday, what's the difference? Is one saved and one not saved? No, they're both saved. Is one want the Lord and one not want the Lord? No, they both want the Lord. Is one faithful and one unfaithful? No, they're both faithful. The difference is one person is coming with a desire. They're turning their affection. They're, they're turning their, their, their receptive. They're, they're looking for the person of, of God. They're coming in saying, I'm here for you, God. I'm here for you. I want to meet with you. I want to give you my affection. I'm here to worship you because you're good, and I'm turning my heart towards you. And you know what happens? He's so faithful that he says, if you seek me with all of, my, all of your heart, you will find me. You will be found by me, says the Lord. And you know what happens to people that turn their, their, their receptivity towards God? They find him everywhere. And you know what happens when you forget to do that? You start looking at all the stuff that you used to do last time that you turned your affection towards God. Let me give you an example. So, so, so we just talked about the reality that in his presence is fullness of joy, okay? Why is there fullness of joy? Because it's him. Everything flows out of him. Everything that, that we could possibly receive happens because we're with him, But like Moses said earlier, don't even send me into the promised land unless you're coming with me. Because the promised land isn't the promised land unless you're there. Otherwise, just a flipping land. Right? Are you guys with me? And it's the same thing. Like, even the good gifts that God gives us. All right? Let's say that you love delicious food, okay? But you're not spending time in the presence of God. You go to your favorite chef. You go to your favorite restaurant. You order your favorite thing, and you're like... And they need to be working on some quality control here. Like, this just used to make me so happy. I used to really enjoy this. Now it's just kind of dry and, I don't know, it just feels weird. Is, it, is the lighting different in here? Like, what's going on? Why? Because you're not, you're not there with God that time. You're just there doing what you did last time you were with God. You see that? And so then the very things that used to be joy-filled, the very things you remembered doing when you had great joy, and you would worship the Lord like, Lord, thank you for this delicious meat. Oh, that's a Selah right there. Just anytime you can say thank you for delicious meat, that's kingdom. But, but now he's not there, so you're like, man, this meat's not as good as it usually is. And the ambiance isn't like what it normally is. And the very thing that used to cause you to worship God and enjoy his presence, right? Like, because when you're with him, everything reminds you of him. When you're not with him, everything reminds you that you're not satisfied and you don't have fullness of joy, Right? You enjoy a glass of wine with the Lord, you're like, oh, Lord, your, your body was broken. This is a new covenant. Praise Jesus. When he's not there, you're like, wow, I've had five glasses of wine and I'm miserable. <laughs> That's the difference. 
Isn't it? Same thing. Guys, same thing with here. We come into church to worship the Lord because we came in here to meet with the person of God. Then we, then we got off track a little bit and we came in here to feel good. Now, the truth is it's okay to want to feel good. You just won't feel good unless you come in here to meet with the person of God. See the difference? And then suddenly you're on the other side. Like, what is up with the, what's up with Wendy? She used to be anointed last week. This week she's terrible. She's not doing anything for me. Wendy, bad. And Josh's preaching's all right, but you know, it's Wendy. No. What, what was the difference? The difference is even the very things that are a gift become a disappointment when we're not seeking him self. Do you guys see this? Think about how, I'm going to just make one last point. Think about right now as we're seeing so many, uh, we're having these reports lately of different people committing suicide. Of all things, it's horrible. And many of them, very, very successful people. This isn't really new. We see it all the time with actors and and rock stars and these, uh, you know, like multi-millionaire, super successful people. Do you know why? It's because you've put everything into it to say, if I can just reach this level, then I'll finally have fullness of joy. I'll finally have arrived. I'll finally have peace. I'll finally have identity. I'll finally have contentment, rest. You know, as Jesus, as God says, I will give you, I will go with you. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. In his presence is fullness of joy. And we get the very promise that was given, but we don't have him. We're not looking to him or, or for, 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 the, for some of them, they've never met him or they've rejected him. But nonetheless, he's not there. And so what happens? The very promised good things are all the more mocking us. They're all the more not enough. They're all the more sour and not in, 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 in what happens? Hopelessness. It's like if I can achieve ultimate success and still not have fullness of joy, then what is this life for? And for some, God help us, they end their own life. This is no joke. But guys, it's the same thing for us. We can actually live a Christian life and miss out on Christ. We can actually do all the good works and miss out on the, on the one that's with us. Not because he's not with us, but because we forget to turn our affection and actually become aware of his presence. So let me take this last few minutes and I want to talk about that part. Ephesians uh, chapter 1. This is an apostolic prayer. I pray this over myself all the time. Red prays this over me all the time. I probably, I probably started praying it because Red taught me to. I love this. I love this. I've grabbed a couple pieces because it's a... <laughs> it's a Big old section, but here's, here's, the, here's the spirit of it, okay? Uh, chapter 1, 15b, 18, and 23b. Making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you will know the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is an interesting thing because he's praying over them and he says, ever since I heard that you believed, so this isn't to unbelievers, ever since I heard that you believed and I heard of your faith and all of your good works, I have not ceased to pray for you that the eyes of your understanding would be open, that you would be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know the fullness of him. We have to actually have the eyes of our understanding opened so that we can know him. This means that, like Jacob, we could say, I was in the house of God and I did not know it. I slept with my head on a rock next to the ladder to heaven and I did not know it. So we have to actually go, Lord, okay, so first of all, I mean, look, it's biblical, okay, are you guys with me? That it could be possible that the manifest presence of God could be happening and you could miss it. Is everybody with me? 
Yeah, I mean, that's just legit, right? We've all had that. It's so irritating, right? person right next to you is just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And you're like, do I have on like God repellent right now? Like, what is that? You are right here. I am right here. We are in the same room. Is God just like laser beaming his favorites? What is happening? We've all had that. He's in the room and we did not know it. And our spouse knew it, which just makes it worse. It's supposed to provoke us to jealousy, by the way, the good kind. But, what, but, but, but here's what we can do is we can pray the same prayer. God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let the eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my heart be opened that I would know you. That's our inheritance, that we would know him. That we would know him, that we would be with him because he is present with us. And you know what he's saying? Would you be present with me? You're a million miles away, Joshua. You're super busy planning home groups and doing outreaches and all of that. But I don't remember the last time you even talked with me outside of like sending me your list of things you need me to do so my kingdom will come. You got the king of kings right there with you. But all, you, are you guys with me? You've all done it. I know it because I can see your faces. You're like, oh, yeah, Josh, you're terrible. So we're praying, God, I want to be able to do that. So what does it look like? What does it look like? Well, you know what? A.W. Tozer speaks a little bit about this, and I'm just going to read this to you. But I would say this, okay? Let's go to that, let's go to that relationship for a minute. When you're next to that person and they go, hey, and you're like, huh? Right? You're a million miles away. What? No, I'm right here with you. Oh, really? What did I just say? Ah. Uh, okay, so God is saying, hey, What? And what do you do when you engage with that person next to you? First of all, you make eye contact with them. Oh, hi, Rachel. Gosh, it's good to have you back from YWAM. Come on, love that smile. All right? And then I say, okay, could you say again what you just told me? Could you repeat it? Because I wasn't listening. <laughs> and what do I do, though? I turn my attention. I turn my affection. I turn my receptivity towards the object of my affection. Towards the Lord. He's not an object, but you know what I'm saying. I, I, I focus. I'm receptive to what could become in my way. Now, it doesn't start out with my emotions, actually. It's an act of will. And I'm a pretty emotional guy. I mean, it's only 30 seconds before my emotions get involved. But nonetheless, it's an act of will. I just say, God, oh, wow. You know what? I don't remember the last time that I was aware of your presence. I have been a million miles away, and I'm just turning my affection back to you. I'm turning my attention back to you. Now, worship is a massive part of this, guys. That's a big part of why we come in and worship is because when we do, it's us actually taking our attention off of everything else and saying, it's you, God. It's you. You are the king of kings. You are the merciful one. You're the faithful one. You're the beautiful one. You're the powerful one. You're the redemptive one. And, and, and then what, what does happen, by the way? All the rest of your senses start to go, that is absolutely 100% true. And you go, oh my goodness, I was in the house of God and I did not know it. You were right there and I did not know it. You're the prince of peace and peace, shalom, is emanating out of you into me. And I did not know it because I'm not even looking at you, I'm looking at all these other things. Are you with me? I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this because it's such a good picture. Jesus is walking on the water. He's the prince of peace. Peter sees him. They all think he's a ghost. Ah! Right? And he goes, and this is so cool. I love Peter. They go, it's a ghost. And Peter goes, I think it's the Lord. And they're like, no. And he says, Jesus, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Bold move. What if it was just a demon lying to him? 
It's like, yeah, I'm Jesus. Come on the water. Anyway, but the point is, he steps out on the water. Jesus says, it is me. Come on out. Peter steps out on the water and starts walking. Everything's going good. He's locking eyes with Jesus. And then it says, and Peter looked at the waves and the wind, and he got scared, and he started to sink. That's life right there. That's it. That's life. See, we are called to look to him, to turn to the person of God, to be aware of his presence. The Prince of Peace is saying, doesn't matter what storms, doesn't matter what waves, I'm telling you to come on out, walk on the water, be aware of my presence. I'm doing good. I look over. Oh, what, what was the difference? I broke away from him. I wasn't receptive to what he was saying anymore. I was receptive to what's going on. Well, guys, that's every day for us. So what's the point? The point is, look back up away from the waves in the water, look back at him, and you begin then, the peace comes back, the confidence comes back, the fullness of joy comes back, and you go, oh man, okay, all right, and then you look at the waves, ah, and then look back again. That's what we're doing, it's just, if we were to summarize this whole thing, what is receptivity, look back again, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? I can see all this stuff going on, but what are you doing? You turn your affection, you turn your attention, A.W. Tozer says, receptivity is not a single thing. Worship team, can you come up? It is a compound, rather, a blending of several elements within the soul. It is an affinity for, a bent toward, a sympathetic response to a desire to have. It may be increased by exercise or destroyed by neglect. Did you catch that? Receptivity, it could be increased by exercising it or destroyed by neglecting it. It's just like a relationship. Oh, it is a relationship. It's not, I love this, it's not a sovereign and irresistible force which comes upon us as a seizure from above. It is a gift of God, indeed, but one which must be recognized and cultivated as any other gift if it is to realize the purpose for which it is given. You gotta love Tozer. The idea of cultivation and exercise, so dear to the saint of old, has now no place in our total religious picture. It's too slow, too common. We now demand glamour and fast-flowing dramatic action. To put it differently, we've accepted one another's notions, copied one another's lives, and made one another's experiences the models of our own. It will require a determined heart and more than a little courage to wrench ourselves loose from the grip of our times and return to biblical ways. But it can be done. Let any man or woman turn to God in earnest. Let them begin to exercise themselves unto godliness. Let them seek to develop their powers of spiritual receptivity by trust and obedience and humility, and the results will exceed anything you may have hoped in your leaner and weaker days. Don't you love that? See, it's not being, being receptive to what God is doing. It's not that God just comes and takes a hold of you and he's just like, set apart, now you can't even choose to not choose me anymore. That's not a relationship. No, it's that, it's that we, we taste and see that the Lord is good. We're in his presence. We experience fullness of joy. And honestly, then we're ruined for anything less than the presence of God. We, we, we begin to go, I want to be receptive to what you're doing, God. No matter where I am, no matter what the, the context is, I want, to, I want to turn my affection, my heart, my mind. I'm turning it all to you and I'm saying, Lord, what are you doing right now in this moment? You're fighting with your spouse. Hey, hang on. You know what? Let's take a minute. This is important. You're important. I'm important. Let's, get, let's, let's invite Jesus into this argument. Lord God, what are you doing right now? We need to hear each other. Right? You're parenting your kid. They're having nightmares at night. God, I don't know what to do next, but I know that you're in the middle of this, God. What are you doing? I want to be aware of your presence right now. How do you want me to respond? What's going on here? 
You see, when we get back into that place where we look away from the storm and the sea and we look back in Jesus' eyes and we say, Lord, what are you doing right now? Then suddenly life leaps back out of him into us and we're aware of him and we suddenly go, okay, this is what we're gonna do next. I'm with you. I'm coming back to where you are. And beloved, I will tell you this. It's everything. Do you know that heaven When the kingdom comes and we get a new heaven and a new earth, it would be a horrible place to live unless he's there. And here's the amazing thing. He's already here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice. We're going to practice. We're going to sing this next song. And I just want to invite you into a place of receptivity right now. (laughs) Just just in case I'm using any buzzwords here for you, I, I hope I'm not. I'm talking about taking your affection taking your allegiance, taking your devotion, taking every part of you that has been looking to anything else and simply saying, God, I want to meet with you. I want to know what you're doing right now. You don't have to do anything for me. I just need to know what you're doing. I need to know that I'm with you. If you want to tell me something, great. You want to show me something, great. I just need to know I'm with you. You see the difference? We had a fantastic encounter night the other night with... uh, with the, with the gentleman, uh, it was last week, and the team got together, and as we came in, I believe it was Doug Easterday, he came in, it was very cool, he had a word of knowledge, and it was totally the outline of what they were planning on doing, and the key thing was this, as you come in tonight, don't come in to ask God for something, don't come in to seek anything from him, tonight has nothing to do with anything that you need, tonight we're coming in to be in his presence, we're coming in to seek him, we want to meet with him. If he wants to give us something, that's great. But we're actually here just to be with him. And you know, it was such a beautiful time. Now, I probably enjoyed it just because I didn't have to lead anything. I just got to come in and soak. But you know what? We met with them. And it was incredible. Everything that flowed out of that, words of knowledge, encouragement, prayer, worship, devotion, healing, all those things happened. Why? Because we're with him in his presence. Everything happens in his presence. So what's the point for right now? I want to say the same thing. God knows everything that you need. Jesus said, your father knows that, that where you need to live. He knows that you need to eat. He knows you need to be clothed. He knows every desire of your heart, and you can go ahead and ask for it. So you can ask him for anything that you want. But before you do, be present with him. Just be present with him. Just know that, wow, but if I have you, Lord, even the answers to these prayers, I'm sorry, if I don't have you, even the answers to these prayers will be empty. So I want to seek you first. And I know I can ask you for anything at that point, but I want to be aware of you. So right now, for this next few minutes, set everything else aside. And I want to encourage you to make this posture every time that we come together, to set aside everything else, save that this family has come together to meet with him, to be aware of his presence, to meet again with him, and that we carry that everywhere we go. So I want you to just feel free. You can lay on the floor. You can close your eyes. You can lay down on the chair. You can stand up. You can dance around. We're just going to take this next few moments. We're going to sing this song. And I just want you to take everything, as it were, out of your pockets, everything that you're carrying, and set it aside. Take all your baggage and set it off and just say, Lord, I just want to be aware of your presence. I just want to be present with you. I don't want to be a million miles away anymore. I just want to be with you. You're already present, God. You're already present, Lord. 
Open my eyes that I would be present with you.